The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. And week 15, save for the Monday night game, is in the books. We are recording late on Sunday night. In fact, Eastern time, Monday morning. Uh, the Rams fell to the Eagles on Sunday night football. We will get into that. And everything else that happened in the week, a lot of big games. The Steelers and the Patriots, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Some other unexpected results played out as well. So, look, a lot to get to. Um, and thanks, of course, for joining us. But first, Hill, let's lead off with really what I think was the game of the day, at least coming into the day anyway, which was New England at Pittsburgh, uh, two teams in the AFC that have really defined the conference for the most part for the last decade or so, especially in New England. And the Patriots, who have dominated the Steelers over the years, they won five straight against them coming into this game. They lose. They score three points after the first possession, which was a touchdown that was 17-10. Uh, what did that game tell you about what we should expect moving forward from New England, Pittsburgh, or both of them? I really thought that New England was going to come in and do something fierce to the to the Steelers, just because one of those two teams was about to lose back-to-back weeks, and the Patriots just don't do that. But we were looking at the stat earlier. They've lost five road games now this year, which is the second most – uh, in this Belichick run, because the last, the most was they lost six games in 2009, and that they went 10 and six that year. So all six of those losses came on the road. This is kind of a similar thing, where the, it just doesn't feel like this is a special Patriots team. It's still a good team, but it's old Tom Brady, it's old Julian Edelman, and Chris Hogan, who's just a guy and barely at that. I mean, he is. Barely just a guy on that team. And then they don't have really any kind of a solid running game. Like, it's a running back by a committee like it always seems to be. But this is the type of team that goes into Pittsburgh and they lose. Like, they lost that game. Tom Brady was – he had the ball last. 
The Patriots were set up to win, and they lost. They weren't able to win, and that's concerning to me. I still think they'll be fine if they get in the playoffs, but if they get the right team, like if they get the Chargers at Foxborough, assuming that this, the Patriots even get the two seed, which is now in doubt, if I'm if I'm a Patriots fan and Phillip Rivers comes up there the way that they've been playing lately, I am terrified. And that's something that's brand new for the Patriots. That That's my big takeaway from that. The Steelers, I still don't take very seriously. They won a greedy game. This is how they play this time of year. But, man, this says a lot about the Patriots than it does about the Steelers to me. Yeah, you know, I think it says a lot about both teams. For me, look, I still have my questions about Pittsburgh. The, the, the problem I have with the Steelers ultimately is they're not consistent week to week. And in the playoffs, look, they're not going to get a bye. They're going to have to win three games, two of which are going to be on the road. And I just don't think they can win three games consecutively against good teams. There's not going to be a weak sister in the AFC. All these teams are good. You can argue to which degree, and, and you know, Baltimore gets in, how dangerous is they, are they because they play a different style with Lamar Jackson. If Tennessee gets in, some people will maybe view them as the weak sister, although they can run the heck out of the ball. They play good defense. Yeah. Nobody's going to Indianapolis as a weak sister. We'll get to them in a little <laughs> bit. But for me, look, I still think the Steelers have a lot of work to do, but it's an impressive win. It's a win that I don't think a lot of people thought they'd get. They were a road, they were a home underdog in this game. But and I led my column with this uh, Monday morning, stacking the box, check it out on the fan side. Uh, the Patriots, to me, are just not a contender to win the Super Bowl. Uh, look, I felt that way for a few weeks now, but I want to see this game. Because at times with New England, they you've gotten that vibe with them in the past, and then they get a game like this, kind of a defining game, and they roll. And then they go off. They, they rolled, but they just rolled over. In this game. They scored yeah. three points after the first half, first quarter, first drive. And, you know, Brady throws that desperation heave in the fourth quarter while he's getting hit, and Hayden picks it off. It's a beautiful play by Hayden. The thing that concerns me the most about New England is who do they, who do they go to in a big spot? Who's the guy? Because Gronkowski can't even run. Two catches for 21 yards in the game. He did nothing. Josh Gordon, one catch, 19 yards. He had a very critical drop uh, on a third down. Edelman led the team with seven catches and 90 yards, and that's fine. Like Edelman's a good player, but Edelman's not going to win you a Super Bowl. You need to be able to make explosive plays. New England is definitely a Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Good team. But New England is not a great team. And to me, they are not the Chiefs. They are not the Chargers. <laughs> I don't even know that they're the Steelers. If, the, if they play the Texans, who's at home? That's yeah. who I would take in the game. If the Pats are the three seed... And they draw the Colts in the first round. I don't know who I'm going to pick in that game. I could absolutely see the Colts going up there and hanging forty on them. I, look, I think the pay. I think the Patriots in any given game are extremely dangerous. But I don't think, especially the way they've played on the road this year, that they are going to go to Kansas City, go to Los Angeles, go to Houston, and win those games. Mm-hmm. They've shown me no reason. <clears throat> and look, all, and I'll finish with this: Brady's forty-one. Yeah. Like, at some point here, I don't care how great he is. He might be the greatest of all time. The bloom comes off that road. I mean, he is 41 years old on a team that just 
doesn't have a ton around him anymore. And so I think you're seeing yeah. what is immortal Tom Brady. Yeah, and I mean, I'll wrap up on this, but, you know, I mentioned the 10-6 and 6 record. That's the year, I believe that's the last time the Patriots haven't made it past the first round because that year... It's the last time they have a bye week. Yep, they lost to the, to the Ravens in the first round. And that this everything about this team screams, just like you said, something similar. They're going to go in and they're going to lose to Houston. They're going to get Andrew Luck or something. They're going to lose to him. I mean... This is not good if you're a Patriots fan. I mean, I know all the all the Boston fans are going to say, oh, you always say this, you know, and then we end up in the Super Bowl. Hey, last time that they, they posted a record like this, lost in the first round. So it's not a sure thing. Things are trending down, but hey, it's the Patriots. I respect it's the Patriots, but quite frankly, they're just our team's yeah, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, let's yeah. just be real. And look, I'll, I'll actually lead into it with this. We were at the game Thursday night at Arrowhead. Um the Chargers, for the second time in three weeks, overcame a two-touchdown or more deficit uh, and, and won on the road in prime time and, and with a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. They did not have Keenan Allen second half of the game. They did not have Eckler Gordon at all. Now, the Chiefs also had a lot of injuries as well, so I think that's somewhat evened out. But give them a ton of credit. Down 28-14 with five minutes to go. They scored 15 unanswered points. They went on a two-point conversion right at the end of the game with four seconds to go. So now they are even up with the Chiefs, 11-3 and three each. The Chiefs still hold the tiebreaker. Excuse me. They still own the tiebreaker. They still control the, their destiny for a one seed. But the Chargers now are nipping at their heels. And for me, like everyone knows who listens to this, I'm a Chiefs fan, okay? Professionally, I was thrilled by that game. It was a lot of fun to watch. Personally, I was tortured. But that's okay. It's the Chiefs. So I'm used to it. I, I did come away, though, you know, after digesting it, with the following thought. A, it was a great game. Mm-hmm. B, those are the two best teams in the AFC. I, I think the Chargers are the more well-rounded, complete team. But I think the Chiefs have more spots where they're legitimately great. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have a great offense when it's right. And they have a great special teams unit. They also have, for all of his faults, a very, very good head coach. The Chargers maybe aren't great in any specific avenue. They're not, a, you know, they're not a great defense. They're not a great passing team. But they're very good in a lot of areas. Um, and so I am very curious. If these teams have played twice. They've each won on the air team's home turf. The Chargers won the last second play. The Chiefs won back in week one. They were somewhat dominant. They ended up winning by 10. I am fascinated to see if there's a rematch between these two mm-hmm. teams. And i got to be honest, I don't care where the game is. I don't think it matters all that much. These teams no. see each other all the time. I got This sounds weird. I actually think in some ways each team would rather play the game on the road. Mm. Because the Chargers might rather see the Chiefs' offense in very frigid conditions. And the Chiefs might like to get their offense in 80-degree weather. Yep. Especially when there's not a ton of home field advantage in LA. So my, my takeaway from that game was... Those two teams who each have are tied for the best record in the conference are the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah, it's it's the Chiefs and the Chargers for me. And really, I, before the season, I had the Chargers going to the Super Bowl. I had them playing the Vikings, which <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. At least the Vikings are not going to be there. But the Chargers all of a sudden, it, and I said it after the game, and it really reminds me of the Packers team that eventually went to the Super Bowl and won. They got in as a sixth seed got all the way to the Super Bowl, and then the Giants team that got in, I believe, is a six-seed as well and went on to beat the Patriots in the, in the Super Bowl. 
Maybe they were a five seed. I think they were a five. That's double check. Regardless, they're a wild card team that's going on the road for three games. But it's and we see this in baseball. We see this in hockey. Not so much in basketball. But a team that gets hot at the right time. This that that's the Chargers right now. Like you said it two times. They've gone on the road in the cold against playoff teams in what is de facto playoff games for the Chargers. Come back from two multiple touchdown deficits. Phillip Rivers looks great. And this feels like a this feels like a Philip Rivers moment. Like he's memed. He always makes the faces. He's always pissy. Got thirty eight kids. And now people are embracing it. Now it's funny. It's goofy. It's like he's gone from being this guy who's always whining and people are rolling their eyes at to oh it's now it's his shtick. It's his moment. This is a Philip Rivers moment. And I think this is the last one he's going to get. He had that fourteen and two season where they weren't able to get you know past the Patriots. There's that, more with Marshawn. Huh? That infamous game. Now, all of a sudden, he's been gifted the second moment. Um, I don't want to compare it directly, but we were talking in the office with Jason Cole earlier about John Elway and how when they lost to the Jaguars in 96, he was like, this is it, man. I'm not going to get a Super Bowl. And then he goes on and wins two more. He still had a moment left. I think that this is that moment for Phillip Rivers. And the stars are aligning. The Chiefs are kind of hitting a hiccup. We don't know what the defense looks like with Bob Sutton in the playoffs. Oh, I know what it looks like. Well, yeah, the Patriots are as gettable as they've ever been. Yes. And what, you're going to go up, you're going to bet against Phillip Rivers when he's playing Bill O'Brien in no. the Texans? No, no this I'm is, not. this feels like a Phillip Rivers moment. You know what? I think it's a great point. And it's something I thought about a little bit uh, the other day. The Chiefs have the future in a lot of ways. Mm. Mahomes is 23 years old. That team around him, most of the pieces that are key are in their 20s are young guys. Yeah. The Chargers are also a young team in a lot of ways, but the, the absolute key of that whole team is Phillip Rivers, and he is 36 years old. The Chargers have right now, because in three years, he's probably gone. He's probably retired. And, and you know who knows what the future is going to hold. He, he may not be that, that same guy in a year or two. The Chiefs probably have the next 15 years where they're going to be pretty competitive because of Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Um, How does that play? Are the Chargers more desperate because of that? Does Rivers know in the back of his mind, this might be my best shot? The Chiefs have $50 million of cap space this offseason. I would expect them defensively to be better. right? So there's a lot of different things that factor into this. Now, that all said, I do want to also point out this. I've had some people ask me, well, how could you, because I've stated these same things on radio spots. I think these two teams are the best. I've had a few people say to me, well, how could you say the Chiefs after what happened, and my response to it is this. Don't always be a prisoner of the moment. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs, what if the Chiefs stopped the Chargers on that two-point conversion play? What if that interference, and I'm not, I don't want this to be misconstrued. No. Anybody who blames officials is a loser, yep. okay? But that third and 10 call on inter- the interference and third and goal late in the game, look, it was a ticky-tack call, okay? It was. I think you're a Chargers fan, you agree it probably was. My point is, like, say that's not called. The Chiefs hold on fourth down there. Does that mean – if the Chiefs had won, does that mean the Chargers aren't good? No, it doesn't. It just means the Chiefs held on by their fingernails. The Chargers coming back and winning that game, look, that's a great accomplishment for the Chargers, but it doesn't, does it mean the Chiefs are bogus? Like, no, it doesn't. In fact, look, there's the other way to look at this. The Chargers had to come back from down 14 points with five minutes left. Like, that's not a recipe to win over and over and over with. So my main takeaway is both these teams are really good. And if they played 100 times, I bet you it'd be pretty close to an even split. I just think it's going to come – if they see each other again and there's a rubber match, it's probably going to come down to who gets to bounce the ball, mm-hmm. who makes the right play at the big time. I, I think look, both teams are capable of winning. But when I watch those two teams, those two teams have gears that they can get to that I don't think anybody else can. And whoever's the one seed obviously has an enormous advantage. 
Because whoever that team is is going to have to play two home games to get to the Super Bowl, and the other one's going to have to go on the road in all likelihood for three games, mm-hmm. uh, including probably seeing the other one in the divisional round. So look, there's a lot on the line, but let's get into some of the lines, some of the games uh, from, of course, from week 15 now going into week 16. And uh, as we had over the previous weekend, there are a couple of Saturday games. Uh, the first one is the Redskins at the Titans. The Titans are favored by 10 points in the game. Uh, Washington technically is still alive, a half game out of a playoff spot, but I think for being real, that is a pretty big ask for Washington to continue to win. Uh, they are playing Josh Johnson, a quarterback. It's, it's going to be rough for them moving forward. Now, the Titans are 8-6. and six. They should win this game. If they do, uh, there's a very real chance that they face Armageddon Week 17 hosting the Colts. Yeah. Where it is the winner goes on and the loser goes on. Now, we're not totally there yet. There are some different scenarios that have to play out. But uh, that is certainly on the table. And so the Redskins on the road, the Titans favored by 10. Hill, uh, thoughts on this interconference duel? Uh, give me the Titans in this one. Look, the Redskins, they won in Week 15, but they barely beat Cody Kessler and the Jaguars. Like, barely beat them. This was a game where both of the quarterbacks, neither of them were combining for 100 yards. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Passing with like 12 minutes left to go in the game. Like that's ridiculously embarrassing. So no, look, I'll give the Redskins credit because they went on the road and they won with Josh Johnson as their quarterback, which is incredible. Uh, the, the asterisk is that they beat Cody Kessler. But in this game, give me the Titans. Because we've said it week in and week out. If the Titans don't win X game, then I am out on them. They just shut out the Giants. This is like very reminiscent of the last two seasons where they're trying to limp into the playoffs, which is unfortunate if you, this is the third straight year you're doing this with Marcus Mariota. But this, this is the reality that we're in. I think they're the better team, so give me the Titans here. Yeah, I'll, I'll be short. I, I think the Titans win the game. I think the Titans know what's on the line here, and they handle business. In fact, Tennessee shut out the Giants. They only give them nine points to Jacksonville. I expect a similar performance to that defense against Washington. Uh, I will take the Titans, and I lay the points. I will say this, though, and I say this every week, and I know the Titans fans love me for it. Um, in fact, they've gone on, our, and, and they've given quite a few comments on this podcast for it. That being said, Marks Mariota is 12 of 20 for 88 yards against the Giants. I, I mean, at some point here, you've got to be able to complete a pass. And I get it. People say, well, they ran for 215 yards. Okay, that's fine. That, that's fine. But he's throwing for 4.4 yards an attempt. Like, that's absurd. I mean, at some point, he is going to be four. I'll tell you right now, they're going to beat the Colts. He better throw for more than 88 yards. They are not winning that game with him throwing the ball for 88 yards. And it's just, I mean, at some juncture, he is going to have to be able to make some plays. I don't know that he can. That's why I'm always scared to death of the Titans. Uh, but... I do think they will beat the Redskins, and I'm just looking up his game log right now because I want to just get to a quick quick point. Here are his yardage totals in the, in the games that he's played this year. 103, 100, 344, 129, 117, 237, 240, 228, 85. That was against Colts, by the way. 303, 282, 162, 88. Ugh. 
okay, look, I get it. He's not going to throw for 300 yards a bunch. I understand all that. He's thrown for 250 yards three times. I mean, this is 2018. Nick Mullins has thrown for 250 yards three or four times. He's played five games. I mean, at some point, he's got to do more. But let's move on from that game. Uh, the Saturday night game on December 22nd, which will be awesome. Baltimore is at the LA Chargers. Both teams have to win for different reasons. Look, the Chargers have punched a spot. They're already in the playoffs. They're 11-3, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. They are trying to run down the one seed. They need to probably win out and get some help. Okay? The Ravens are 8-6. and six. They have to be disappointed that uh, the, the Steelers beat New England. They remain a half game out in the division. That said... And we'll get to it in a little bit. The Steelers are at New Orleans this week. So they are going to be up against it. Uh, if Baltimore wins this game, there's a very good chance they win the division. There's also a very good chance the Steelers don't even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers are favored by five. Interesting line. Vegas, giving the Ravens a pretty good shot in this game. Uh, Hill, thoughts on Baltimore at L.A. in this game? I mean, we kind of set our piece on the Chargers. I think they're the better team. I'm picking them to win. Uh, if I have one more person on Twitter say that Lamar Jackson is taking over a game, I'm going to I'm gonna request that they get banned from Twitter because that's ridiculous. Here's Lamar Jackson today. 14 for 23, 131 yards passing. He had 100 and, uh, or 95 yards rushing, and that's the stat that everybody clings to to say that he's taking over a game. Look, he played one of the worst secondaries I've ever seen in my entire life. Two weeks in a row. He played the Chiefs last week, which you've said yeah, your did. piece on and then they played the Buccaneers this week. If you're not throwing for at least 200 yards against those teams, what are we doing? It's concerning. Like, like that, that's deeply concerning. And if he's in the – the Baltimore Ravens defense is fantastic. It's really good. I think that they can go up against the New England. They can go up against uh, an Indianapolis or a Houston and give them some problems. Lamar Jackson scares the hell out of me. He is the liability. He is why they're going to lose wild card weekend. And I'm sorry. That's not to say that he doesn't have a bright future ahead of him. I don't know. But if yeah, if they get in, I am picking against them because of Lamar Jackson. 131 yards against the Buccaneers? Come on. I know they won, but that's ridiculous. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers, but I'm taking the Ravens to cover. And I'll say this. The Ravens are a very weird team to play against because of the way they play. It's not going to be an easy game for the Chargers. I think they'll win, but Rivers is going to be on his back a little bit in this game. The, the Ravens have a real defense. They can hit. That is a very, very very good unit defensively. I expect them to cause some problems. With the Buccaneers, say what you want, they can score. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jameis went thirteen and twenty-five for a buck fifty-seven with a pick, and the, and the Bucks ran for four yards of carries. The Buccaneers did nothing in that game. They barely cracked two hundred and thirty yards of offense. The, the Ravens are a very, very good defensive team, and they run the daylights out of the football mostly because of Lamar Jackson that read option they have. My question in this game, to me, this is what it comes down to: Can Jackson make? any plays with his arms. Because I think they're going to run the ball on the Chargers. Perriman's not in there anymore. He's out for the year, as is Corey Legit. They're going to run the ball. But can he make 10 throws in this game? Can he make eight throws where he really fits the ball in there? I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. I will say this, though. Baltimore is a team that they give you a tough time. They gave the Chiefs a very hard time at Arrowhead. They beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. That was with Flacco. So a little bit different. But they they cause problems because they're unorthodox. So give me the Chargers, but I will I would not be shocked if the Ravens sneak in there and win the game. 
the Sunday slate, we kick off the 1 o'clock games, Eastern time. Bengals at Browns. Browns are favored by a touchdown. I will be quick with this. The Bengals are completely out of it. The Browns now uh, also out of it with the Steelers winning. Okay, their avenues, any realistic avenues anyway, are closed. I'm picking the Browns to win. I just want to say quickly, I give the Browns a lot of credit this year. Okay, 6-7-1 and one may not be a lot to a lot of franchises. For where that team is coming from, that is an enormous accomplishment. And if they win this game 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one going into the final week of the season, win or lose, that's great. That's a great year. Baker Mayfield looks terrific. I really think they should keep Kitchens as the offensive coordinator. I think he's been terrific. Uh, I, I don't think they'll keep Greg Williams as the, as the head coach. Uh, I, I think they'll move on. Look, fan side of the sources that say Mike McCarthy is the, is the prohibitive favorite there. But, look, I, I think – um, I think the Browns will win. The Bengals are terrible. Uh, and I, I think ultimately, look, this is a really good year in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. even if they lose, even if they finish 6-9-1 uh, and one, or whatever the hell that would be, this is still a phenomenal season for them because there's so much hope. Like, we talked about this so much last year, under the cloud, the dark, dark rain cloud of Hugh Jackson, that there's hope here. There's some good players on the start. Miles Garrett was the guy at the time, but now they got Baker. They've got Njoku, the, the tight end. They've got a running back in the Chubb. They've got a lot of pieces around there. Denzel Ward. Yeah, this is a team that if, finally, you want to be a head coach to come here because these are guys that want to turn the Browns around. They want to be the guys who fixed Cleveland, fixed football in Cleveland. And I'm really excited for the Browns. Even if they lose, I think they're going to win this game. But even if they lose out, this is a phenomenal season for, for Cleveland. They have a lot to be proud of. Couple of games to run through quick here since both teams are woefully out of it. Packers at Jets. Packers are favored by a field goal. Uh, I will I will take the Packers to win their first road game of the year. Uh, it's been a brutal year for both teams. Uh, I think you're, you, the Packers have already fired their coach Todd Bowles. He's on his way out the mm-hmm. door. Give me the Packers, and I think for both teams, uh, especially Green Bay, a very disappointing campaign. Yeah, give me give me the Packers too. Although it's it's hard to see them this being a good game. This is going to be. This is going to be gross. Uh, Jaguars are at Dolphins here in an all-Florida extravaganza. <laughs> How are the Dolphins only fair for three and a half points? I don't know. Has anyone seen Jacksonville? Ugh. I, I mean, Jacksonville can't score a point. I believe their only touchdown today came off of a, came off of a return touchdown by D.D. Westbrook. They are atrocious. Uh, the Dolphins are at least 7-7 seven and seven and respectable, but they're out of it now. They, I mean, not mathematically, but they are for all intents and purposes finished. Uh, give me the Dolphins. My God, I will absolutely pick them to cover. I don't know how anybody could look at that line and think that Jacksonville is going to cover the spread. Uh, Cody Kessler was abysmal. A 9 of 17 for 57 yards on a pick. Yeah. Good luck. The uh, Between these two starting quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill and Cody Kessler, they combined today for under 200 yards passing. Not great. That's special. And not in a good way. No. Uh, okay, so... Let's get to your Buccaneers at Dallas. The oh. Cowboys are favored by seven points. Cowboys had a chance to close out the NFC East on Sunday against the Colts and were shut out after the game. Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott both said it might be a good thing for us. I think it is a good thing for us. I don't understand how getting shut out is a good thing. Nope. I think that is the, uh, the, the song of a loser. But here we are, eight and six. They have another shot to clinch the NFC East. Do you think they do it against your Bucks at Dallas? Uh, I think they do it. It's at Dallas, so that really helps them out. The one thing I will say about this is the last two weeks is awful as I talk about the Buccaneers' defense because it is bad. Um, they held the Saints to, what, three points at halftime a, a week ago, and they were in this game in Baltimore for quite a while. Yeah. They eventually fell out because that's what happens when you're not a good defense. 
So I, I would not be surprised if at halftime we're once again looking at the score being like, holy cow, the Bucks are in this. And then the Cowboys are going to pull away like a getaway card, a bank heist. But I'm not too confident that this is going to be a game that people are going to look at the Cowboys and say, wow, this was an impressive win. I feel like they're going to be looking at this and say they just got shut out by the Colts. They struggled against the Buccaneers who aren't a good team. What does this mean moving forward? And this is kind of, you know, we talk about the Chargers are hitting their stride. It looked like the Cowboys were about to hit their stride when they beat New Orleans. And now they've kind of taken a step back. I think that the Cowboys are going to win, but don't be surprised if this one's an ugly one. I actually agree. I, that's kind of how I see it happening. Uh, I think the Bucs will hang in the game. They'll hang around, but I just think Dallas will win. They're at home. If it was in Tampa, I might even take the Bucs in an upset. But uh, give me the Cowboys. I can see the Bucs covering the spread. Um, but I, I think the Cowboys will win. I think they will lock up the division. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think they're probably looking at the four seed. I think you're probably looking at yeah. Dallas and Seattle. Um, we'll get to Seattle in a bit. That was Oof, one of the more wow. interesting games of the day. Um, the Vikings. Ugh. Eh, pretty much. The Vikings are at the Lions. Should have saved you disgust for the second game. <laughs> got that all game. kinds of disgust. By the way, I'm just going to look. For all the, I'm sure we have, you know, Millions of Detroit listeners here. So I'm sorry for those of you who are out there who are going to be offended by this. The Lions suck. I, I mean, that, that is lame, atrocious analysis. It's no better than the but Lions. They just, I mean, my God. You know, every year I feel like we do this podcast, and every year since I've been writing my column and whatnot, fans, like, I notice it over the course of the year, I just get more and more annoyed by teams that play bad football. Like, I can deal with you if you're a bad team. I really can not everybody's going to win. Somebody's got to lose. But when you are a talented team and you play bad football, that just drives me insane. I cannot stand it. And the Lions are the poster child for it. They have Matthew Stafford at quarterback. They have some players on that defense. They have Carrion Johnson, who I know is injured against Buffalo. Okay, I get all that. But they have the Oretic, who they, they always hear about. Oh, he's a good player. He's a good dual-purpose back. Kenny Galladay, who played like a stud, by the way, seven catches on eight targets, 146 yards. They did have golden tape for a trade him away. I'm not saying they're saying the Lions are a Super Bowl team. But the Lions should absolutely be a team that competes for a wild card spot. And they're five and nine. And they just lost to the Bills. And I understood, like, I, I know he's been there for a year. This Matt Patricia thing, that is not for long in Motown. Okay? Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, if Stafford wasn't signed to the absurd deal he signed to. I wonder how long he'd be for, for Motown. They have won one playoff game as a franchise since 1957. It's, in, it's insane. Mark Sanchez won more playoffs than that in one year. More playoff games in one year than that. I, look, the Lions, I think you're really to the point here, just blow it up. Like, completely and utterly blow it up. Let everybody walk, trade some guys, because th- this is not working. And I'm frustrated as an NFL observer because there is talent on that team, but they can never get the right coach. They can never seem to put the right pieces around Stafford, which also brings you to the question, like, how much of this is on Stafford? Mm -hmm. And I am a Stafford guy. I I think a lot of Matt Stafford. But at what point do you just say, okay, well, if everybody else isn't the problem and you're the only constant, is it you? you So, look, I I just can't, uh, can't understand why they're as bad as they are. And the Vikings are favored by four points in the game. And I'm going to take them because Minnesota's got to win. They are only a half game up on Washington and on Philadelphia. Uh, I, I think they know they play the Bears week 17 at home. Now, the Bears might be playing for nothing. But uh, I, I think at this point, I have no reason to take the Lions. They can't win a game. Is anybody decent? 
Yeah, it's it's fitting that the Lions lost to the Bills because they're very similar teams. You've got a quarterback who's supposed to be good but isn't, and then you've got a whole bunch of nothing around him. And that's the case for the Lions. Look, they need to go out and get an offensive coordinator that can actually use Matthew Stafford. I, I'm not totally in favor of blowing it up quite yet. I think if you can go out and get a guy who you think can make this offense a modern offense, like the Saints, like the, the Chiefs, like the Rams, try a guy like that with Matthew Stafford. This idea that Matt Patricia is going to come in and play defensive football, that works if you're Vic Fangio, if you're a guy who knows how to stop these high-powered offenses. That is the one very exclusive case, rare case, where being a defensive head coach might work because you have the blueprint to stop the Rams, to stop the Chiefs, to stop the, the, these, you know, these, these big offenses. Matt Patricia is not that guy. You can't be a defensive Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Defensive guy. And he's the type of stubborn Belichickian guy who's going to be like, oh, you know, this is the way that you play. I'm going to play it my way. We're going to win my way. You know what? You're going you're to lose your way. And that's what happened. You lost to the Bills. That's bad. Give me the Vikings because I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. The, the Lions are the new Browns. I'm saying it now. Get rid of your head coach. Blow it all up. I'm getting pissed off talking about the Lions the way we did about the Browns. Give me the Vikings. And by the way, uh, the Lions, the new Browns, the Lions are both the old and the new Browns. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But it's not yeah, fair. Like, there was another yeah, team that went on 16th this century. Okay? Yep. And it, it was it was old D-Town. All right? So, uh, look, let's, speaking of the Bills, I want to give credit here, actually. Okay? Now, every Bills fan that I know, and I know plenty from when I went to college up in Oswego, I have killed Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I should say it. I, I did not like him coming out of college. I, I killed the idea that he was a top 10 pick. Which okay. killed an interview with him. So. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole thing lined up with him, and I said that, and then his quarterback coach got really bent out of shape, and it's a whole big thing. But he is just going to have to be a big boy and deal with it. Okay? Uh, look, I am rooting for Allen because I think he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, he's more of a running back than a quarterback right now. Okay? Uh, although he did stop running the way at nine carries today, 16 yards. But he threw for 204 and a touchdown. My, my concern with Allen is he completes half his passes. At some point, you got to be able to complete 60-some percent. But I want to give credit to the Bills. Allen has done a lot with a little on that team. They have five wins this year. Yep. I don't think anybody thought they were getting five wins. Sean McDermott has done a phenomenal job with them. Went to the playoffs last year, got five wins this year. Everybody's going to look at the Bills. Ah, the Bills. McDermott, in my opinion, should get votes for Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. That team has five wins. You see that team? It's an incredible job by McDermott. So give him full marks. Uh, they are in New England this weekend, okay? New England's favored by 10.5. By the way, it's credit to the Bills. Normally, the Pats would be favored by 14, 15, 16 points. They're not. 10.5. I do think New England wins. I think they wouldn't going away. But give the Bills a lot of credit for having a, a very solid year considering the roster. Yeah, and two years in a row because we dogged them last year and said yeah. they're going to get the number Everybody one thought pick. they were going to go 2-14. and 14. We said they were going to tank and they make the playoffs. This is your same thing. We're like, my God. They blew the whole thing up. I can't believe they're doing this. This is stupid. And here, I mean, they're not going to the playoffs, but they very well could finish the year with six wins, which is very impressive. Nice job by them. We won't get too into the Pats because we talked about them so much at the top of the show. Um, okay, an important game here. Now, this line might have moved a little bit. These lines were set prior to the Sunday night game. 
Houston at Philadelphia. Houston's favored by three and a half points in this game. The Eagles, of course, got a huge win on Sunday night. Held on at the end. They were dominant for most of it. Beat the Rams in L.A. Mm-hmm. They improved to 7-7. Seven, seven are half game behind Minnesota. And look, if they win this game, they are a real player for a playoff spot. First of all, we both picked the Vikings, but I don't think anybody would be shocked if Minnesota went up to Detroit and lost. No. Minnesota has been impossible to figure out this year. And then they host the Bears in a game that if the Bears play hard, they could absolutely win. Uh, the Eagles had the Texans in there at Washington. I think most people would think that Philly would win that game in Washington. So, the Eagles... Nick Foles rides again, and all of a sudden, you're thinking, like, could Philly be playing in Chicago in the wildcard round? It's not impossible. I don't know. This is maybe the hardest game of the week for me to pick. I think the Texans are better, but I think the Eagles are playing with a lot of emotion. Uh, I am going to take Philadelphia in the game. I, I'll, pull, I'll pick the upset. I think Philadelphia is going to win. I think Houston's probably a more complete, better team, but Philly's going to be playing for its life. Houston is playing for a bye. There's more desperation to one than the other. It's in Philly. It's cold. Again, really a toss-up for me, but I will take Philadelphia and the emotion in that game. Yeah, look, it's the sequel to what we saw last year. Like, Nick Foles coming in, that is something that I think energizes this team in a way that we didn't really expect. And I want to compare it to this. Rocky came out and it made $211 million at the box office. Rocky II came out. Sequels aren't usually that good. Makes $200 million at the box office. $11 million less. That's to say that the idea that Nick Foles can come in and it's going to be disastrous because it worked out the first time is a very stupid way to approach this. And we saw this on Sunday night. He goes in. Nobody gives him a chance. We all picked the Rams. We're like, they're going to do unspeakable things to them, especially after the game that they had against Chicago. And what happens? Nick Foles comes in. They're channeling that underdog thing that they were going with last year in the playoffs. And every single time you're you're looking at Nick Foles, you slowly start – and Chris Collinsworth said this on the broadcast. You slowly start talking yourself into what you were saying during the Super Bowl last year where you're like, oh, my God, is he going to do this? And I wonder how far that carries because the Texans are a very beatable team. Bill O'Brien's not a great head coach. I think Doug Peters can outsmart him. I know that the Eagles have had a ton of injuries – but I think that they can find a way to win this game. And then you slowly start snowballing into, oh my God, are they going to do this again? Because if you get to that point, if you get uh, the Eagles in Chicago, I know that the Bears have a world-class defense and that could be a game changer, but Mitchell Trubisky's a wild card and you never know. And then the snowball starts building like, my God, can they, can they really do this? I think it's Rocky too. I don't think it gets quite to the $211 million that Rocky one got. We're sitting at $200 million, which means they lose to the Rams or the Saints in the second round. But this is a serious thing. The Nick Foles magic is real, and I believe in it. So give me, give me Philadelphia to beat, to beat Houston. And that causes massive problems for the Texans. That's a big-time well, problem. Well, because now, now you're the 3C. Oh, yeah. Because hey, New England's not losing the Bills mm-hmm. or the Jets at home. No. That'd be really interesting. The New England, again, is sitting there with a bye, and it's back to the ACT. I will say this, though. I don't care. If that happens, New England is going to have a rough time going to the ACT. I don't care who they play. Kansas City, L.A., whatever, you name it. Uh, but we'll get to that as the time goes on. Moving on, real quick, Falcons and Panthers. Oof. Panthers have lost five straight. Of course, they play on Monday night hosting the Saints. The Saints now, not a ton of desperation because they can lose a game and still be the one seed. Uh Look, in this game, I'll, I'll just take the Panthers. The, the Falcons are hideous. I know they, I know they beat up on the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Uh, I, 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 to me, 
Atlanta is just playing out the string. Although, especially take the Panthers if they somehow win on Monday night. Then they're going to be all kinds of motivated. Uh, but give me Carolina to win it to go. Uh, give me Carolina because this game's gross. Last of the one o'clock games, Giants at Colts. Colts nine and a half point favorites. Giants coming off a shutout after looking pretty good for the last month. The Colts, of course, also coming off a shutout, but having won the game, 23 nothing over Dallas. Uh, I'll be brief. I think the Colts are going to light the Giants up something fierce in this game. With the Colts, the Colts are playing as well as anybody right now. Okay, They started out the season 1-5. Uh, they've won 7-8. Now, they have not beaten a bunch of world beaters. In fact, you know the best win they've had is against Houston. But the Colts are, are rolling right now. I don't think anybody wants to see them. They're at home in this game. And again, we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show. It really looks like we're headed toward Week 17 Armageddon mm-hmm. with them. That feels like that's going to be the Sunday Night Flex game in Nashville. One goes on, one goes home. Uh, very intriguing. And I will take Andrew Luck all day, every day. Uh, and I'm certainly going to do that against the Giants. He has played great. He should be an MVP candidate. I don't think he should win the MVP, but he should be in the conversation. Give me the Colts in a romp over the hapless New York Giants. Yeah, if he's not MVP, at least Andrew Luck's in the conversation for comeback player of the year. Like that's oh, that's man. that's yeah. it's incredible what he's done. And we talked about the Chargers heating up at the right time. I'm really waiting for that for the Colts to have that kind of a statement win to be like holy crap, watch out for Andrew Luck because if we're talking six seeds, like let's say Pittsburgh somehow wins the AFC North. The AFC playoffs are a lot more interesting if the Colts and Andrew Luck get in there. And whether that's as a division winner or whether that's as a wild card or whatever, I want Andrew Luck in the playoffs. Because, I mean, not to you know make you suffer through things that haven't happened yet or to speak things into existence, but Andrew Luck in Arrowhead, that's no sure thing. Oh, yeah, that, it's already happened. That's, that's going to be devastating. So, or him at, in, in, uh, up at Foxborough. I'll, I'll say this flat out. I, I know a lot of these listeners, I'm sure, are Chiefs fans because of my, my you know, readership for years. If the Chiefs play the Colts in the playoffs, they're going to lose I'm telling you, like, he will score 55 points in that game. They will. They will lose. They will 100% lose that game. Like, the, the Chiefs, I would rather see New England at Arrowhead. I'd rather, in some ways, I'd rather see Pittsburgh. The Colts are hot as hell. They've got a really good young head coach. Yeah. And Luck is out of his mind. And I'm telling you right now, that is the – and by the way, their offensive line, which has been a sieve for years, good now. Finally. That will be the game. With the Chiefs throw three picks to Malik Hooker and they can't get off the field. I'm t- I, listen, I, I already have a football version of PTSD of that and it hasn't even it's- happened. Okay, so I'm all for it. Plus, I know this year there's a good chance that if they, it's Chiefs host, I'll be going to the games as a press member. And I, oh God, I, <laughs> I, I, and then I will never be invited back because mm-hmm. I will be a disaster. <laughs> um, okay, but in any event, Colts, Colts, Colts. Okay. Four o'clock games. Uh, these. I mean, these include some contenders, but we'll be quick because they're frankly simple. Uh, the Rams are at the Cardinals. The Rams are a 13.5-point favorite. That one might go down a little bit because they lost on Sunday night. Uh, I don't see how the Cardinals win the game. I, I think the Rams roll. I don't think it's a problem. And uh, they continue to, their march to at least try to get a second seed. Yeah, g- give me the Rams. They're not losing three straight games. Uh, the Bears at the 49ers. The 49ers have been game. They've won a couple of games to play yeah. spoiler. They beat... Uh, the Broncos a few weeks back, now they beat the Seahawks in overtime in San Francisco. Big win for them there. People say, well, they're 4-10. Yeah, but you know what? Give them a lot of credit. These, this kind of fighting spirit will do well for them going forward. 
Uh, the Bears, though, have been rolling. And I got to say, I don't think Nick Mullins is being that defense. No. Uh, the Bears also know that if the Rams somehow get upended, the Bears could be a two-sheet. Mm-hmm. Now we are to that point where the Rams, in essence, have a half-game lead on them. Uh, I think the Bears win. I think they move to, what, what would it be, 11-4 on the season? Uh, the Bears have been really impressive this year, and I think it continues in San Francisco. The line, by the way, four and a half, I didn't say that. I think the Bears win, and they cover. Yeah, give, give me the Bears in this one. Although, credit to Kyle Shanahan, because he, Jimmy Garoppolo goes out, and it is a lost season, and there's no getting past that. But C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins are giant glowing marks on his resume as quarterbacks because those are nobodies. And he's turned those guys into a, a quarterback that almost went into Lambeau and won, although that's a little bit weak now because the Packers stink. But, I mean, Nick Mullins beating the Seahawks? He almost went to the Chargers in uh, L.A. at one. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you have to look for silver lining if you're, if you're a 49ers fan, wow, can Kyle Shanahan develop quarterbacks. Last of the 4 o'clock games on, on uh, Sunday and the best of them. Yep. The Steelers are at the Saints. The Saints, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this could be the clinch of one team. Mm-hmm. And, look, this is a very interesting game because the Saints, like I just said, they could be playing front field advantage. The Steelers, they are playing for their lives, especially if Baltimore wins on Saturday. They're not going to make it as a wildcard team because right now they're 8-5-1. They lose to the Saints. They're 8-6. Somebody's getting in 10-6. Yep. They're done. They, they have to win the division. So, I think the Saints are going to win. They're better. They're at home. The Steelers are a train wreck away from home more often than not. The Saints are devastating at home. I think they win. I don't think Pittsburgh can stop them. And I'll tell you, that is going to be one hell of a game to watch, especially if the Ravens win Saturday. Yeah. Because you're going to be looking at that going, okay, now keep in mind, if the Ravens lose Saturday, then the Steelers, it's kind of, eh, you know, whatever. If we lose, who cares? We're still winning the division by a half game. And then they play the Bengals at home. Yeah. They'll win. They'll be the four seed, okay? But that game means a ton if Baltimore wins. That, it, frankly, is probably going to determine who wins the AFC North. Yeah. So, give me the Saints. Uh, but a fascinating game to watch. Probably a lot of points will be scored. Yeah, give me the Saints. Everybody's going to point to the way that the Steelers defense played against the Patriots. Um, the Steelers know the Patriots. They game plan for the Patriots. They play them often. The Saints are a different animal at home. Drew Brees, he's gone. I mean, this is a Saints offense that struggled a couple of weeks in a row. I mean, they struggled against the Cowboys and lost. And they struggled for most of the game against Tampa Bay, and they eventually won. If they're going to be the one seed, which it seems like they're going to be, they don't need to have a win that, sh- that strikes fear into the rest of the conference. But if they go out here and they post up a 400-yard passing game from Drew Brees, he, they goes, he goes four touchdowns, Kamara and Ingram are popping off. That's a game that not only are they going to get the one seed, but they're going to be flexing so hard on everybody and say, come into New Orleans and beat us because it's not going to happen. Even if they don't win convincingly, I still think that's going to be the case. But this is a win where they can be like, all right, we've got home field advantage, and here's the middle fingers, baby. Come and get us. Yeah, and they already beat the Rams there. Yep. So that would be another feather in the cap. Norm might go to the Sunday night game, but since that game is good, I'm going to quickly go to the Monday night game because that game is not. How the hell is this the Monday night? This is Christmas Eve, man. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Broncos <laughs> and the Raiders. Broncos trade by two and a half. This could be the last game in Oakland. Yeah. That is the one notable thing, which I'm sure the fans will treat very well. I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll be very calm. Uh, look, I wouldn't even get into that whole thing. Our company has been reporting the heck out of that story. Jason Cole, our editor-in-chief, has been leading the way on that. He's done a phenomenal job. Uh, the Raiders are being sued by the city of Oakland if you're not following. 
Uh, they want the brand. They want the team name, the colors, the whole deal, the logos. Uh, the Raiders have, have vowed that they will not play there if they were sued. They've left the door crack open on that. There's some wiggle rooms. I think the NFL would like them to play in Oakland another year. They do not have a lease right now. So there's a thought they could play in San Antonio next year. They could play maybe in Santa Clara, although that seems to be dead. So maybe in Phoenix. There's a lot of things on the table right now for the Raiders. So this could be it. Uh, the Broncos, of course, again, two and a half point favorite. I think they're going to win because I think the Raiders are so shot. It's incredible. Uh, I think both teams just want to get to the offseason. Vance Joseph's waiting for you. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Pink slip, which will be waiting for him uh, probably New Year's Eve. But give me Denver in a game that means absolutely nothing. Yeah, give me, De- give me Denver in this one. However, uh, John Gruden is the coach of the year. I'm dying on this hill because he got two different teams to the playoffs. And he might get his team the number one pick in the draft. Hell of a job. That is one of the most phenomenal coaching jobs I've ever... He should win executive of the year. He should win coach of the year. High comedy. They are getting every dime of that $100 million contract that they gave him. They're not benefiting from it. But my God, is it high entertainment. It really is something special. Uh, it, it really, really, truly is. Okay, so uh, usually we go in order, but I skipped this Sunday night game because I want to get back to that last year since it's a really good game and it's right for playoff implications and because, hey, Chiefs are involved. Um, I'll let you lead off here. The Chiefs are at Seattle on Sunday night football. Uh, I will be back home watching the game with the old man in New York. And let me tell you, um, that is going to be a tension convention to end all tension conventions. I've I was talking to my dad earlier. He said, "Ah, no, it'll be, it'll be okay. It's the holidays. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll be all right." That game, Christmas somebody's somebody's going out a window <laughs> in that game. I can't. Like my whole family is going to be home for that. My wife's going to be there. My newborn daughter. Thing, my daughter's going to learn. Okay, on Sunday night, either what extreme jubilation is or unrelenting pain. The only way this is avoided is if the Chargers lose Saturday. Then the Chiefs yeah. Saturday lose whatever. If the Chargers win Saturday night, which I expect them to, it is football Armageddon on Sunday <laughs> night, okay, after what the Chiefs did on Thursday. So, that all said, Chiefs favored by two and a half points on the road, okay? Vegas still really likes them in this spot. Uh, your thoughts on Kansas City at Seattle Sunday night football? Uh, I mean, I made my first trip to Arrowhead this past week, and I got the full Chiefs experience, Are you sure it did? seems. Uh, from the lovely tailgate to the heartbreaking end of the game. To a guy um, driving off a fence to get out of the stadium. A, a guy was so <laughs> desperate to get out of Arrowhead Stadium after that train wreck of a football game, at least from a Chiefs standpoint, that he drove clear over a fence on purpose just to get out of Arrowhead Stadium because the traffic was taking too long. And I got to tell you, I saw the guy. I thought to myself, he's got more courage than me because I like to do the exact same thing right about now. But hey, uh, yeah, was, so uh, you did get the full experience. That, that was the only win that, it, that the Chiefs had on Thursday. Um, I, think that, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think that after what happened on Thursday, they can't allow themselves to have what the, what happened to the Bengals against the Chiefs or what happened to the Jaguars against the Chiefs, where you have this game that is just so devastating 
that it breaks you. I refuse to believe that that's going to happen to the Chiefs. And I mean, I've watched the Chiefs with you for the last couple of years, and I know that what I'm saying goes against physics, but I just refuse to believe that the Chiefs are going to bounce back from the game that they had and just give up because they have the Patrick Mahomes factor is so strong. That Ravens game, we're not even having this conversation if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play for the Chiefs because they don't win that game against the Ravens. And then it's completely different. So, look, I'll take the Chiefs in this one. Perhaps it's against my better judgment. Maybe it's because I want the Verderam family to have a happy Christmas. But uh, I'll say this. The 49ers did the Chiefs no favors on Sunday by beating the Seahawks because the Seahawks have a lot to play for now. And that's just, you know, the way that Russell Wilson moves around against that defense, that that makes me really nervous. You know what? (laughs) The Seahawks could have clinched the playoff spot if they beat the Niners, and they lost, of course. And now they have to clinch the playoff spot. They they still, even though also Chiefs could clinch by beating the Cardinals at home, but they uh, they need to clinch the spot. The Chiefs are fighting for their their you know their first seed in lives, assuming again that the Chargers win. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Like I'm not even going to sit here and get up on it. Oh yeah, you know what I think is going to happen. I have known, like, everybody knows one team a little bit better than all the others. And I pride myself on every team and every player, and I watch all the film and I watch all the games. It's my job, and I love it, and I take pride in it. But I would be saying a lie if I didn't say I know the Chiefs just a little bit better than everybody else because I'm emotionally invested in the Chiefs, okay? I can't express to someone who is not a Chiefs fan the depths that this team will go to screw you (laughs) as a human being, okay? So I have no idea. I will say this. For 25 years of experience, when you think it's safe to feel good about them is right when you should brace for a complete blindsiding by an 18-wheeler. On the flip side of that, when you think that all is lost and it's time to (laughs) abandon hope, that is when they then turn around and win by 30 points and make you feel good. Now, I do not think they will win by 30 points. But if you said to me, you have to make a decision, Your, your life depends on it. I think the Chiefs will win the game. Here's why. Frankly, they're the better team. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're three games better than Seattle for a reason. Uh, Seattle's best wins have come against Dallas and Minnesota this year. Fine wins, not a knock. The Chiefs have beaten Baltimore. They've beaten Pittsburgh on the road. They've beaten the Chargers on the road. Okay? I think there's a reason the Chiefs are favorites even on the road in this game. And I'll give you the other reason, quite honestly. The Chiefs' defense is an utter and complete disaster. Yeah. I have zero. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't explain to you who hasn't watched them this year what a complete nightmare they are on that side of the ball. I do think Eric Berry, assuming he didn't have a setback and said he didn't, will play more in this game. That matters. But the biggest reason is number 15. That is the biggest reason I'm taking up to win this game. Because Seattle couldn't stop Nick Mullins. Yeah. Seattle has not been good defensively at all this year. They are in the 20s against the pass per attempt. They're, they're, I believe, 30th against the run per attempt. They have struggled mightily. They have mostly won games because they have been good in the kicking game and because they've won turnover battles. They've also been good in the red zone. And they run the daylights out of the ball, the number one team in the league in, in rushing yards per game. They will run for days against Kansas City. Wilson will make plays. But here's the other truth to it. Mahomes is going to make plays against Seattle. I think the Chiefs win... I think it's a game that puts me into cardiac arrest at least five times, okay? But if I had to pick with very, very, very little faith behind it, 
I will take Kansas City. Uh, and then I think the Chiefs win the one seed because even if the Chargers went out, if the Chiefs do beat Seattle, they would host the Raiders Week 17. And as much as they are the Chiefs, not that they're not losing that. Not like that. That game, that game will be a bloodletting if it has to be. <laughs> so, um, look, we got a lot of good games come Week 16. We've got Houston and Philly. We've got the Chargers and the Ravens. We've got the Chiefs and the Seahawks. We've got the Saints and the Steelers. So th- there's a lot to look forward to here. In week 16, next week we will not have a podcast. We apologize. We are sorry, but it is the holiday break. I am in New York. Hill will actually still be here in Chicago, uh, but uh, we'll not be in the office. The office will be shut down. We will, however, have a podcast for every week going forward after that, week 17 and on, of course, well into the playoffs to the Super Bowl and then into the offseason. And we look forward to being back with you. Before we go, a quick word from Fanatics. Uh, they've been great partners with us. And please go to fanatics, excuse me, fansided.fanatics.com. Uh, save 20% on shipping when you use the code word fansided. And, of course, as I say every week, they are great, whether it be you, know, you want a jersey, you want a hat, you want gloves, you want socks, you, you, you want some memorabilia. You name it, fans, uh, Fanatics has it. Uh, and, again, that is a fansided.fanatics.com, a great partner and really a wonderful uh, organization to get anything you want to express your fandom. Uh, And of course, thank you to all of you for listening. Have a happy holiday. Enjoy your time with your family. Uh, Really make sure to cherish it because it's it's some of the most important things we have here um, in this world. So that all said, hopefully your team is still in the playoff hunt. If they are, good luck to you. Week 16, if they're not, well, you're fighting for draft position. That's okay. Um, Hill, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, we left it all on the table, unlike some teams have this year. The uh, Raiders say hello. (laughs) Okay, so for Mr. Hill, I am Matt Verdam. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Leave a rating, leave a comment. And we will be back after a one-week hiatus for week 17, the recap. The season will be over. The playoffs will just be beginning. So thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms.